right off the top, I can say this. The people that were involved in the history behind the Paseo were involved in a lot of Kansas City history. For instance, there was a bridge that I drive on going to the Paseo and coming back when I do deliveries that I enjoyed the design and I was curious to know some information about this particular bridge. What I was able to find out took me by surprise. And tonight here on the podcast, I'm going to share with you in this first segment what I learned about it. And secondly, for the second segment, we'll go to the wishbone folks and have a Kansas City connection behind some of our favorite salad dressings. A story about a bridge, a story about some salad dressing. We have them both tonight on the podcast, and we'll get going on the other side of this break. For 74 years, X has marked the spot in Riverside for groceries, cigarettes, beer and spirits, and a lot of other household needs. Beginning February 22nd, X is going to mark a spot very close by. It will be a brand new store. It is still going to be Riverside Red X. The location is in the same area. It's just going to be a different store. We are excited about it, and I hope you are too. February 22nd, once again, will be the date that this store opens up. The new place where X marks the spot. Your local Riverside Red X. In between the Northland and downtown Kansas City, Missouri, there is a bridge. And I have taken that bridge to do deliveries, DoorDash-style deliveries, at um, the Paseo area as well as downtown after crossing this bridge. And the more I crossed this bridge, the more fascinated I was by it, the design and really everything about it. And so finally I discovered recently that there's some history behind this bridge. The bridge was named after former Missouri Governor Christopher Kitt Bond. And it has also been referred to as the new Basail Bridge. It carries I-29 and 35 along with US-71 Highway. This is a cable-stayed bridge across the Missouri River. And there are a lot of cables on it. The bridge opened to limited traffic on September 27th of 2010, and all lanes opened on December 18th of 2010. The Bond Bridge is a replacement for the Paseo Bridge. That part I didn't know. And this is something that's been kind of fun to learn about. And I have a theme song for learning that I'd like to have you listen to before we go any further. Fred Rogers, if you please. Did you know? Did you know? 
Did you know that it's all right to wonder? Did you know that it's all right to wonder? There are all kinds of wonderful things. Did you know? Did you know? Did you know that it's all right to marvel? Did you know that it's all right to marvel? There are all kinds of marvelous things. You can ask a lot of questions about the world and your place in it. You can ask about people's feelings. You can learn the sky's the limit. Did you know? Did you know? Did you know when you wonder you're learning? Did you know when you marvel you're learning about all kinds of wonderful, all kinds of marvelous, marvelously wonderful things? Yes, you are when you wonder marvel. And the one who normally did the teaching was one Mr. McFeely, too. I thought about that as I was putting the segment together. Okay, to get back to this. On November the 14th of 2007, MoDOT announced plans for a complete replacement of the Paseo Bridge. This is from Wikipedia, by the way. The new Christopher West Bond Missouri River Bridge is a dual-span cable-stayed bridge anchored by a 260-foot or 79-meter-tall delta-shaped pylon. The pylon rises 316 feet above, hang on, above the Missouri River. The new bridge increased the roadway capacity from two lanes each direction to three lanes southbound on the bridge and four lanes northbound on the bridge, one northbound lane being an auxiliary lane. The bridge is... Just a second, I'll move up here a bit. The bridge is designed to have four thorough lanes, or through lanes, rather, each way at a future date without needing to widen the bridge. In December 2007, the Federal Aviation Administration warned that the pylon might interfere with traffic at Kansas City Downtown Airport, one mile to the west. In August of 2008, the FAA altered flight procedures at the airport to give planes more than 700 feet of clearance above the pylon. Construction on the Bond Bridge began in April 2008, just downstream of the Paseo Bridge. This allowed the Paseo Bridge to remain open to traffic during construction, and with the opening of the Bond Bridge, demolition of the Paseo Bridge started and was completed on July 1st of 2011. The bridge is part of a $245 million project that upgraded an approximately 2-mile or 3.2-kilometer section of the I-29-I-35 corridor to six lanes. The contractor is Paseo Corridor Constructors, a joint venture team composed of Clarkson Construction Company, Massman Construction Company, and Cluett Construction Company. The bridge was designed by Bradley Touchstone of the Dodstone Group of Tallahassee, Florida. The firm also designed the John James Audubon Bridge in Louisiana, 
which is the longest cable-stayed bridge in North America. The bridge has had a very, very substantial history. And I did not realize that the Paseo was in on it in any way, shape, or form. Wow. That, my friends, is what you call saying something. There is a Facebook page. Facebook.com slash pages slash Christopher-S-Bond bridge. The rest of it's up to you. Um, the Facebook page has various photos taken inside of the bridge. There are some people that have had some, that have taken some pictures dating back just late last year. And some of the views are absolutely breathtaking. Wow. People use it to head home, too. One thing... There's one thing that I think this experience of learning about this is going to teach me. And that is... What you, what you see... Sometimes... What you see can surprise you as far as history is concerned. I didn't realize this had the history that it did. But I will say this. It's one of the nicest bridges I have ever been on in the states of Kansas or Missouri. The pictures are wow. Some even in the downtown area. My gosh. If there is a place that has a museum that you could go to to learn a little more history about this, I'd really like to know. If anybody knows about it, feel free to drop me a line here at the New Directions Podcast. I'd really like to learn a little bit more about it if I could. But I really enjoy that bridge. The Christopher S. Bond Bridge. Named after the former governor and senator of our great state of Missouri. On the other side of this break, we're going to bring history a little closer to home. Did you know that Wishbone has a history here in our backyard? I've got information you're not going to believe. And I'll share it with you right after this. Recently, I had a chance to visit a restaurant for the very first time that I know a lot of you have already visited, but what I've learned, I like. This is Terry Runyon from the New Directions Podcast here to share with you about Olive Garden. Some of the best pasta cooking I have ever seen. My wife and I had an opportunity to have a lasagna recently, and I saw something that I had never, ever seen in any restaurant anywhere. The waiter offered to pour cheese into our into our meal as well as salad. I had never seen that happen. That just that was just very very nice to see. The Olive Garden people do care about what they bring to the table every day, and they show in the food that they deliver. And I have to say that lasagna is one of the best lasagnas lasagnas that I have ever had. Whenever you have an opportunity, my friends, I invite you to pay a visit to the Olive Garden near you. 
and really have a good time having some good old-fashioned Italian cooking. And if you want to, tell them Terry Runyon from the New Directions podcast sent you. KCUR is very, very much knowledgeable about the goings-on in Kansas City, and they've been the ones that have provided sources for this show from time to time, too. This that I'm getting ready to share with you is from one of their podcasts. The podcast title, let me get it up here again. It's new, and I will, and I have subscribed to it. It's called Hungry for Mo, and that's M-O, Mo. Has some history behind the Wishbone Italian dressing and a few other brands along the way. In 1948, Philip Salome debuted an Italian vinaigrette at his Kansas City Fried Chicken restaurant, The Wishbone. An immediate hit, the salad dressing formed the foundation for an empire. And you can find that iconic Wishbone bottle in nearly every supermarket in the country. Decades after Salome left the company, his family has returned to the city to reclaim their legacy. Before the supermarket aisles, before the ad campaigns, and before the iconic curvy bottle, there was just the Wishbone Restaurant in Kansas City. A classy establishment located at 4455 Main Street, the Wishbone served family-style bowls of fried chicken, along with prime rib, lobster tails, brook trout, corn fritters, mashed potatoes and gravy, and, of course, salad. I used to go to the Wishbone when I was very, very young, says Jasper Mirabelle Jr., owner of Jasper's Italian restaurant in Kansas City. That's where I fell in love with fried chicken. Mirabelle remembers dining at the Wishbone religiously every Sunday with his family. It was a popular place for Italian restaurateurs like his father to socialize. Opened in 1948, the old Victorian mansion overlooking the Country Club Plaza became equally as famous over the decades for its antique Italian chandelier, neo-Roman-style statues, elegant fireplaces, solarium, and fine china. The iconic restaurant is gone now, but if you walk into almost any American grocery store, you'll see its name everywhere, even if you didn't realize it, immortalized in the form of wishbone salad dressing. People don't realize about Kansas City and what we have here and what started here, Mirabile says. Something important to know about Philip Solomon Sr. is that he liked to stay busy. Originally born in Cleveland, Ohio, he found his way to Leavenworth, Kansas, after being drafted to serve in World War II. He was a veterinarian, believe it or not, says Philip Solomon Jr. And during the war, somehow, he also opened a little restaurant with my grandmother called Brooklyn Spaghetti House. Lena Salome, an Italian immigrant from Sicily, had previously operated a cafe in Ohio. After the war ended, the mother and son duo moved to Kansas City, Missouri to start another joint venture, the Wishbone Restaurant, in the space of a former cocktail lounge. Salome Jr. said, operating the restaurant was a family affair. My sister and my parents lived on the third floor. The wishbone was reportedly a hit right off the bat, but even the popularity of Salome's fried chicken was eclipsed 
when the restaurant debuted a zesty Italian vinaigrette based on a recipe that Lena Salamique brought over from Sicily. The back of the wishbone bottle shows that the dressing includes garlic, onion, red bell pepper, and a handful of other seasonings, along with oil, vinegar, and sugar. The Salami family still has their original recipe, but of course they won't disclose what's all in it. Only a little bit of this and a pinch of that. Patrons started bringing in their own bottles to be filled with the dressing so they could take it home. In 1950, Salome began mixing the dressing in a 50-gallon vat and bottling it himself in a converted carriage house behind the restaurant. By 1952, the salad dressing had become more important to Salome than the fried chicken and other food. He sold the Wishbone restaurant to Joe and Donna Edelman, Dora Edelman, who kept it up for the next two decades, and instead operated Wishbone Salad Dressing Company on Harrison Street. When Wishbone was first invented, it was sort of a signature salad dressing, and people loved to have the bottled form that was the same as they could buy in the restaurant, says Ken Albala, a food historian at the University of the Pacific. That's a phenomenon that is uniquely American, that a restaurant could market a product that they have so broadly that they have so broadly and make much more money at that, at that than running a restaurant. Food companies and restaurateurs had begun commercially bottling and selling salad dressings in the 1910s and 20s. But Wishbone is widely thought of as the second mass-produced Italian dressing right after, Carrie Ste after Ken's Steakhouse in 1941. Those are really Italian-American foods. They're invented here, Albala says. They're not things that people in Italy would recognize. According to Ovala, Italian salad dressing has a lot in common with products like beefaroni from Chef Boyardee, which was founded by an Italian immigrant in 1928. These products helped market the start of convenience food, which rose in availability and popularity after World War II, and also appealed to Americans who were just starting to learn about Italian cuisine. I think that's the way Wishbone... That's the way Wishbone did very well, says Elbala. They told people you don't have to mix salad dressing because you are incompetent in the kitchen. And we'll do it for you. Salome initially sold his dressings to grocery stores in Kansas City, Cleveland, and St. Louis. In addition to the original Italian flavor, Salome Sr. is credited with adding three more salad dressings to the Wishbone brand cheese, French, and Russian. It was like almost an overnight success. It was very, very popular, and it started becoming almost national in scope, certainly regional, says Bill Salome Jr. But some of the big boys in the salad dressing company didn't like it, and they were out to kind of squash him. At the time, the industry was dominated by larger players like Kraft, who could afford to sell their products at a lower price point if it meant knocking out competition. When Salome Sr. would consult business partners and family about how to take on the competition, everyone told him the same thing, lower the price. And my dad, after hearing all this, he looks at him and goes, nope, we're going to raise the price, says Salome Jr. We have a great product. We're not going to sell it for nothing, and people are going to realize 
It's a great product worth paying for. While other brands sold bottles of salad dressing for 29 cents, Salome Sr. ended up charging 39 cents. He was just such a visionary on some things, says Salome Jr. Salome Sr. wanted to play up his dressing's quality, boasting just the right touch of garlic and more herbs and spices than the competition, right down to the crisscross design of the bottle itself. Wishbone billed itself as a luxury good. In a 1977 commercial, the narrator compares the craftsmanship of Wishbone Italian to the care and skill of cutting a diamond. It was all natural, recalls Salome Jr. It was the finest ingredients. Eventually, the business became too big for Salome Jr. to handle, so he sold Wishbone to T. Tycoon Thomas J. Lipton in 1957 for an estimated $3.3 to $4 million. When they bought it, I mean, our company was a fairly sizable company, says Salome Jr. The Salome way, the Italian way, is just, is so, you just worked and you put your nose down. Salome Sr. was remembered as someone who was hardworking and tough, but who also treated employees like family. Former Wishbone workers told the Kansas City Star in 1996 that he never sat still and always had a cigar in his mouth. Philip Salome III remembers how his grandfather always wore suits and had a look in his eye that he that dared people to mess with him. He was 5'1", but I remember him as 7 foot. At first, as a condition of the sale, Salome Sr. stayed on at, at Lipton as an executive, sitting in on board meetings in New York City. But he hated the, but he hated the idea of working for a corporation and traveling so much. <coughs> Excuse me. Plus, Salome Jr. says his dad was scared to death of planes. He wasn't into the hierarchy and the strategy and all that kind of stuff, says Salome Jr. So after a year, he resigned. For 65 years, the dressing continued to be produced in the Kansas City area at a factory in Independence built in 1961. By the time parent company Unilever sold the brand to Pinnacle Foods in 2013, the salad dressing plant employed nearly 200 people. Pinnacle Foods and the Wishbone brand were acquired by the giant food conglomerate Canagra in 2018. Today, Wishbone still claims to be America's number one Italian dressing, and around the Midwest it remains the key ingredient for meat, marinades, Pasta salads, potato salads, and more. But taste buds have changed since Salome Sr.'s time. American consumers have gravitated away from bottled vinaigrettes and towards creamy mayonnaise or buttermilk-based dressings. The, a 2017 survey from the Association for Dressings and Sauces found that Italian dressing no longer holds the title of the most popular salad dressing in the U.S. The new champion ranch. You know someone once quipped that ranch dressing in the Midwest is a beverage, Albala says laughing. While Wishbone now offers seven varieties of Italian dressing, it's got nine different versions of ranch, from chipotle to light parmesan popcorn, peppercorn. <coughs> Excuse me. After selling Wishbone to Lipton, 
Philip Salome Sr. moved his family to Phoenix, Arizona. He mostly left his old company behind, apart from keeping a bottle of Wishbone Italian dressing in the family fridge at all times. Salome Sr.'s original plan to retire in Arizona was to retire in Arizona. But according to his son, that idea got scrapped after a month. He was bored out of his brain. Instead, Salome Sr. opened more restaurants. There were the Arizona Ranch House Inn, which served a familiar pairing of fried chicken and Italian dressing, and an Italian deli, co-run by Salome Jr. Salome Sr. did eventually retire, and both he and his son forgot about the restaurant industry, apart from occasional anecdotes that would come out when nostalgia hit. Dad was really a modest guy. He didn't tout that, said Salome Jr., but we certainly knew about the wishbone story and were proud of it. Now the youngest, Philip Salome, is hoping to bring his family name back into the conversation. Salome III grew up in Arizona and had no plans to come to Kansas City until he met his fiancée, Amy, who was from there. For those of you who like a good cookie, may I suggest a place to you? This is Terry Runyon from the New Directions Podcast, here to talk about the Crumble Cookie Company. Located in North Kansas City, they make several different kinds of cookies each and every day, and they sell them in different packs also. I had a chance recently to try a chocolate chip cookie from there. Oh my gosh, it was so, so good. Next time you're in the area, I invite you to stop by the Crumble Cookie Company. Try one of them out for yourself. Buy a few packs for your friends, buy them for Christmas gifts, however you want to do it. These could be some of the best cookies you have ever had. You might even if you so chose, wanted to bring some milk along. The Crumble Cookie Company. Very, very good stuff. I was missing an anniversary, and I'm going to go back and get it next time here on the New Directions podcast. This year is the 50th anniversary of Schoolhouse Rock going to take a moment next time out to give you my list of favorites from that long-running TV snippet show. My number one will be our Get Us Out of Here, of course. But it gave us a chance to look back on a memory of days gone by. A look at Schoolhouse Rock and all the best from there. That's going to be my segment next time right here on the New Directions Podcast. Um, As far as final thoughts are concerned, I was thinking of this one a little bit. I want to share this one with you. On this road called life, you have to take the good with the bad. Smile with the sad. Love what you got and remember what you had. Always forgive, but never forget. Learn from your mistakes, but again, never forget. People change. 
things go wrong. But just remember, the ride goes on. And with that, that's going to wind things up for this edition of the New Directions Podcast. Thank you for being with me as always. We'll see you next time when we take a look at a little schoolhouse rock. Until then, I haven't played them in a while. Here they are. No introduction necessary except, Oaks, get us out of here. Oh,